I'm sitting down because I'm trying to stay calm. The Indianapolis Colts losers today in Jacksonville for the eighth consecutive time, although one of those was in London. It was still a road game for the Colts uh, that season. They went to London to play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts lose 24-0. I woke up this morning thinking about analytics. I'm not thinking about analytics anymore. I'm thinking about how you need to do, you need to show up in order to compete. You need to understand the need to compete if you're going to win in the NFL, even against a bad team like the Jaguars. So the Jaguars go to 1-0. The Colts drop to 0-1-1. Winless on the season. They do have a tie. Two road games out of the way. You, you try to think about the positives in this, and it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, that's why. What is Frank Reich going to say post-game? Like, like, Frank Reich, honest to God, if I'm Jim Ursay and I'm flying back on the plane, I'm thinking about making a change for the first time since I took this team over after my dad's death in 1997. I'm really thinking about making a change because that team was not prepared to play. They weren't prepared to play psychologically. They weren't prepared to play physically. And the, the guys who were on the sidelines, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, and Shaq Leonard, I don't think they would have helped. You know, I thought going into this game, I thought that the Colts had a chance to look at the adversity that they had suffered. Thank you, uh, Isaiah. Absolutely disgusting. Got a clean house. I am not a big one for change. But there's got to be change. And by the way, we're going to have a call-in immediately after this. We're going to do a call-in. Line up, download the call-in app, and, and vent to your heart's content. Profanity allowed, baby. <laughs> you know, what, whatever you need to do to get this out of your system is going to be allowed for at least 30 minutes after we finish this. But you look at the way this team absolutely did not show up and resolutely does not show up for games against the Jaguars in Jacksonville, it's appalling. It's just terrible. You want to know how good they made Trevor Lawrence look? Trevor Lawrence today was 25-30 for 235, two touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, yards per pass, like it matters, 7.8. Our our guy, Matt Ryan, with the exception of the last... um, uh, the last drive, which I did not watch. I got ready for this. I came outside. Julie gave me a big thumbs up when the game was over. Should have had her give me a thumbs down. He was 16 of 30, no touchdowns and three picks. Just abysmal. The offensive line, highest paid offensive line in the NFL. Would you rank, knowing all that you know about this offensive line, would you rank them in the top half of the NFL? I would not. I would absolutely not. Not based on these two games, but going back to last year, it's okay, our roster is full of A-plus people. Yeah, thank God they fired Rodrigo Blankenship. Rodrigo Blankenship would have made a hell of a lot of difference in this one. Ah, you hit the right scapegoat that time. Now who's going to be the scapegoat? That's the question. Who's going to be the guy? And like I said, if I'm Jim Irsay, I'm really thinking about making a change because this, this is not right. There is something fundamentally wrong about this team. What has happened to Braden Smith? What's going on with this guy? Number one, he can't block. He can't pass protect. Okay, that I understand.
But lining up in the backfield, what are you doing? The, the number of penalties called on this team, and there weren't a whole gob of them, but the ones that were called were just horrible and showed a lack of attention to detail. Look, if you're not going to be capable of making big plays, and this team is not capable of making big plays, you have got to make all the little plays. You've got to be 11 guys wired in together and, and balling out for one another, dot and I's, cross and T's. You have got to communicate. We saw, like, you know what? It wasn't all physical mismatches between whoever the, the Leo was kind of for, for the Jaguars and either Matt Pryor or Bernard Ryman, or, although that didn't go well. It was also a lack of communication where you saw stunts come up the middle and beat Ryan Kelly where Ryan Kelly should have passed his guy off and caught the stunt. Didn't happen. This is a Pro Bowl center. What's going on in their heads? What is going on during camp? I I was asked a, a question on Twitter. A DM guy said, "Would it be uh, would it be inappropriate to ask uh, Frank Reich what they do during the week or during camp to prepare for games?" It wouldn't be. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not working, and it hasn't worked. This is a bad football team. Either one of two things is true. Either it was put together with utter idiocy. Michael Broad, thank you very much. Need to move on from Frank. You know what? I, I hate saying that kind of stuff, but how do you argue against it? How do you make a cogent argument against firing Frank Reich? Where's that come from? Right? Week 17 last year against the Raiders at Lucas Oil Stadium. Week 18 down in Jacksonville. Week 1 against the Texans. Week 2 in Jacksonville, these were terrible performances, terrible, from people that the front office has decided to make very, very wealthy. I don't think that Quentin Nelson played a bad game, but having a world-class guard when all around him sucks is not the way to build a football team. That's not the way to construct one of these things. And Quentin Nelson accepting the $20 million a year over the next four years, I totally understand. Somebody walks up to me, Jim Ursay walks up to me and says, here's $60 million guaranteed if you do your job for these four years, you're going to get another twenty. Hey, okay. All right. What am I going to argue? No, I'm not going to argue. But I'm going to know that it is a poor investment by a crazy person who doesn't know what the hell he's doing and building his team. Toby, thank you very much. And Toby was the guy, by the way, who asked the good question about Frank Reich as a DM on Twitter. Jonathan Taylor is a beast. Let's talk about something good. I watched a documentary last night on Epics about Walter Payton. And by God, Jonathan Taylor reminds me of Walter Payton. All right, Walter Payton in 1975-76, his first two years, 78 Bears weren't all that good. They went to the playoffs in 77-79. And then 80 through 83, they weren't very good. But man, that dude rocked it every damn Sunday. Walter Payton put his shoulder into guys and blew their ass up. And was an absolute treasure for the city of Chicago. And I feel the same way about, uh, about Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely the same way. He balls out. Grover Stewart balls out. I love Grover Stewart. What a dude, right? Stephon Gilmore, I thought he played okay today. 
Other than that, this team sucked ass. They were awful, and it's Frank Reich's fault. He's the leader of this ship, and you know what? I'll tell you, when you play well, you're riding the crest of the wave, right? And when you play poorly, you're not. At some point, it becomes clear that your team is reflective of your personality. And this team reflects Frank Reich's personality. Frank Reich is this guy. Hey, it's all okay. We're going to be fine. Don't worry. We're going to hear this in the post-game press conference. Frank Reich is going to say, look, it's early. We got a lot of football left. We got 15 left. Fire Frank, cut Ryan. Ryan has been a turnover machine. Uh, Reich vouched for Wentz last year. And believe me, that has not been forgotten by uh, Jim Ursay. Not forgotten at all. That hasn't been. He remembers who vouched for Carson Wentz. Absolutely 100%. This, uh, who else played? EJ Speed. Give me a bunch of EJ Speed. I love EJ Speed. Wonderful. He made plays. Some of these guys, does Nick Ross, does Julian Blackman, do they know where to be on the field? You saw what happens, right? Because of the way the Colts align themselves defensively, and, and Tiki Barber said it. They go single high, they know it's man, and they're going to have mismatches. How many drags across the middle did they run and hit, right? With no pressure. They never got to Trevor Lawrence. Not once. You've got to get pressure on a second-year quarterback for the love of God. I thought they figured it out last week in the fourth quarter when they started bringing blitzes and started putting heat on Davis Mills. Did not happen today. Why? Why not? You're down 24 nothing. Let's go rattle the kid's cage. Huh? No. Let's not do that. Let's be real smart. Let's outthink him, Frank. And I know it's Gus Bradley running the defense, but Frank's always trying to chism bop. Frank's always playing three-dimensional chess instead of football. And the problem is, I was thinking about it all morning long, about analytics. Look, with analytics, this, there are so many variables, way too many variables, and, and not enough data, right? Because you play only 17 games, you got 60 offensive plays during a game, there's just not enough there to sink your teeth into and draw substantial conclusions from. And you've got 11 guys. And week to week, you got guys who play well or play poorly, right? That's the way it works in the NFL. That does not allow for statistical analysis that is necessary to draw conclusions. What you need to do, as you ignore correctly analytics, you need to stick your foot up somebody's ass and get them to play with a little bit of fear. Fear is a big deal as a motivator, and the Colts appear not to have any fear. I'm going to go back, way back. This is back before me, back before you, back before everybody. Richie Ashburn played for the Philadelphia Phillies a long time ago, and then he came over to the Chicago Cubs, and he knew what the deal with the Cubs was. Phil Wrigley, the owner at the time, was going to overpay everybody, overpay names to fill seats or put asses in seats at Wrigley Field without having any idea whatsoever whether they could play baseball anymore. He had spring training on Catalina Island, and the players were treated like gold. And I get the feeling that that's what happens with the Colts. They pay these guys too much money, treat them far too well, and then on Sundays, what the hell are these, what are they going to play for? What are they playing for? Are they playing for money? They're not playing, 
They made their money, most of these guys, Pittman and Taylor notwithstanding. Matt Ryan has been a disaster. Play calling was vanilla as can be. However, Jonathan Taylor, at least up until that last drive, nine carries, 54 yards. Overall, 11 carries, 57 yards. Uh, what, 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 what? How's that possible? What are you doing? Right? Knock somebody down, run the ball hard like Jonathan Taylor does. Don't outthink, out-execute. And you could not execute today. And all those people out there who are like, Michael Strand's the next Megatron. How about lining up correctly? How about not jumping? How about that? When you're in a, in a situation where you have got to score the football and you're in the red zone, idiocy cannot be trumped by talent. All right? And you have got to prove yourself trustworthy or you cannot get on the field. And people want to know why Mike Strand isn't on the field? That penalty? Bing! That's why. What is this team doing? Where do you go from here? How do you stop Patrick Mahomes next Sunday at 1 o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium when you can't stop Trevor Lawrence, for God's sake, and you can't stop Davis Mills? What is Patrick Mahomes going to do to this team? It's going to be a different vibe. I know that, but Colts fans are not going to be happy. They are not going to respond well. And if anybody thinks that, I don't know whether they introduce the coach or not, but if Frank Reich gets introduced on Sunday, his ass is going to be booed, and rightly so. This is a disgrace right now. The level at which the Colts are competing is disgraceful, and that lands right on Frank Reich's desk. It's Frank's, it, it, it's his responsibility to make sure that this team is ready to play and ready to compete. And they have not competed in seven of the eight quarters that they played in, in regulation. Fourth quarter last week, they competed. Today, they didn't compete at all. And don't tell oh, they could, you know what, they tried hard. I don't want to hear a damn thing about any of that. And I don't want to see any more videos of Jim Ursay getting off the plane with his damn dog. You know what? What are you doing? Oh, we're ready to play. My ass. Get ready to play. Stop talking. Start playing. Start competing. We're going to go to call in, and it's your show. I'll start, and then you guys line up and vent your asses off and, and hopefully clear it out of your system. I'm going to get some ice cream after that. And, and maybe we'll do a quickie down at, the, down at Sundays. I had a, I got to tell you the truth. I had a milkshake yesterday. I'm going to have another milkshake today. How's that possible? All right, we'll get going on call-in right the hell now.